Hey, welcome back. It's JL here, and I just want to welcome you to a brand new set of episodes on this podcast. If you're new, thank you and welcome. And if you are returning, thank you as well and welcome. If you haven't yet um, delved into the library of things that we've spoken about, we're a podcast where we like to have honest chats. That's one of the segments of this podcast and um, one of the other segments is where I personally kind of talk about what I'm thinking about at the moment, something that possibly might uh, <clears throat> something that possibly might um, encourage you and challenge you as well at the same time make you think a little bit more about certain things that perhaps you have been thinking about might give a new perspective on things. The other one of these segments which I'm looking forward to getting my friend back again to do this is we talk a little about wisdom with my friend bunny who is just a wealth of wisdom so i'm looking forward to doing that but in any case if you haven't yet um, go back and go through the library of things that we have spoken about there is topics on fatherhood we have topics on um, pain and suffering we have talked about mental health identity relationships almost everything we haven't actually quite covered everything so i'm still um, going through that uh, but the whole idea is to keep encouraging people to have this conversation to keep on exploring but to take it back to your specific community of faith and to talk about these things i believe in jesus and i think that he is the answer for the world and for all of humanity's um, all of humanity searching and everywhere everything that we're looking into and so as you're listening to this conversation you're going to be listening to conversation with craig where we actually talk about the authority of the bible uh, jesus relationship to it jesus, the bible's relationship with the bible um, where it sits in today's culture and society from what we have seen and observed and so i want to encourage you whether this is episode one two or three um, of this three-part series to take it in, um, listen, and if you're challenged, go and speak to somebody in your community, talk these things out, go back and read with people, <laughs> and then uh, I hope you're encouraged, but at any point, um, feel free to get in touch with me as well. My details are also somewhere in the bio. Apart from that, I hope you enjoy this episode and this conversation that I have with Craig about the Bible and scripture and its authority. And I'll see you on the other side of this. So um, I guess, you know, we can keep on going and talk about the relationship that Jesus had with. Oh, yeah. So. After a brief break, we're back. Yes. Um, you must um, love your wives. <laughs> it's biblical. Through that. Um, yeah, so the relationship of Jesus and scripture with you, because uh, he's our start. Yeah. Uh, so let's go. Okay, so um, I think I'm going to start this with just a, an excerpt from Dr. Michael Horton's Pilgrim Theology, um, which on page 52, we are talking about um, God's written word and uh, specifically what Jesus thinks um, on the fourth line down here. 
So since he has certified his claims by his resurrection, Jesus' view of Scripture must also be our view. Jesus submitted himself to Scripture, and we see the phrase, It is written, was for Jesus the highest court of appeal. For Jesus, the words of the prophets are simply the word of God. Matthew 4, 4, 7, 10, 5, 17 to 20, 19, 4 to 6, 26, 31, 52 to 54, Luke 4, 16 to 21, 16, 17, 18, 31 to 33, 22 to 37, 24, 25 to 27, 45 to 47, John 10, 35 to 38, these are all the parts where he's quoting that. Specifically, yeah. Jesus assumes as historical truth the creation of the human race from the beginning as male and female, one flesh, mm-hmm. in the covenant of marriage, Matthew 19, 4-5. Mm-hmm. He treats Abel and Zechariah as historical figures who yeah. encompass the whole of the Old Testament history, yeah. Matthew 23, 35. Yeah. The stories of Noah and the flood and of the destruction of Sodom he regards as historical events, Luke 17, 26 to 30, as well as the stories of God's miraculous provision of manna and quail in the wilderness, John 6, and of Jonah being swallowed by the large fish, Matthew 12, 39. Also well attested is the calling and authorization of the 12 as his apostles, although Judas was later replaced by Matthias. Jesus said that to hear the apostles is to hear Jesus himself, and to receive them is to receive the Father and the Son. Yeah. Matthew 16, 16 to 20, 18, 28 to 16 to 20, mm-hmm. and Acts 1, 1 8. Yeah. The apostles themselves understood that they were speaking authoritatively in Christ's name, and in spite of some friction early on, Peter acknowledges Paul's writings as scriptures. Second mm-hmm. Peter 3 16. From the claim of the resurrection, we can launch into the vast reaches of our Lord's own testimony concerning himself, the Father and the Spirit, and the writings of the Old Testament, as well as his authorization of the apostolic writings. Mm -hmm. Taken together, these writings are called a canon, from the Greek canon, rule, the the norm for faith and practice. So, with all of that being said... Jesus regarded scripture as historical mm. and Jesus regarded the the prophets as the word of God yeah. being spoken through a human mouthpiece. Yeah. He submitted himself to scripture. He used scripture to fight against um, temptation That's right. in, in the desert. Like this is not something that we should take lightly as like, oh yeah, well we can have Jesus in the New Testament, but none of the old. We need to know the old, because if we don't know the old, we can't use the new. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this brilliant photo that's been circulating around, uh, um, I shouldn't say photo, because it's not really a photo, it's a picture that somebody's done up, that's been circulating around the internet now, which is the 60-odd thousand references. Um, I correct myself from last um, podcast, by the way, it's 60, not 80. It's 60-odd thousand references, and they've done arcs. Yeah, um, doing the whole cross-referencing oh. and little arcs for the ones that go between chapters and then yeah. big arcs that go from the Bible to the Bible, one end to the other end. And it really shows that, like, you literally cannot use the New Testament without knowing the Old. And you have to understand your Bible in the way that it's not just straight-up literature. 
You can read it like literature for your personal devotions. There's Bibles out there now which are really good at that, um, yeah. where they remove the chapter numbers and the verse numbers and all the uh, notes and all those bits and pieces so you can read it straight through. That is great for personal understanding and right. personal reading. Yeah. But in terms of where we use certain things and how we understand certain things, we must use the whole thing as it is. And having the chapter numbers and references is really, really good for that. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are some which are just super hard. Like, <laughs> yes. uh, you can't use, like, um, you know, the chronicle genealogies where, you know, it's like, this person begat that person who begat that person who begat that person. And it's like, yes, we understand that it all leads up to Jesus, but how do you use that in a sermon? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think when it comes to Jesus and the Word, mm. we only need to read the first few parts of each gospel to understand how much weight he put on the Old Testament yeah. and how much weight he put on the idea that the Pharisees knew the Scripture and they knew the Word mm -hmm. and yet they weren't using it. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they weren't recognizing that the living Word was standing in front of them, yeah. you know? Um so yeah, I think when when it comes to Jesus and the Bible, just just use it the way he did. <laughs> understand it the way he did. Obviously, he had a little bit of an advantage given that he was there when it was being penned. But <laughs> like, obviously, if you spend time reading it and understanding it, and maybe not even understanding it to begin with, but just reading it, reading. you know. Um, and a good spot to start is most Bibles have this little part in the center, which actually tells you the interreference. Um, mm. It tells you mm. which verses are referencing which verses. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this last time That's we right. did this as well, where right. if you keep following the path down, you'll eventually get to the Old Testament verse. And That's then right. if you keep following that path down, you'll eventually hit either Genesis or it'll lead you back to Jesus. Yes. Either way, that's okay. That's <laughs> you yeah. know? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, definitely, like, reverence is something that, like... I think is lost on new Christians nowadays. I mean, if you look at my book, my Bible, it's been torn to shreds. Like yes. I've used this thing, yeah. you know, um, and you might notice I don't highlight my Bible. I'm not a highlighter. Yeah. I, I just, I, it's not the way that my mind works. Yeah. Um, but I know like there are certain parts of this, which I have bookmarked um, and they are permanent bookmarks and, you know, knowing yeah, even the flow and the structure of where things are, you can find stuff really easily. So um, having like Psalms, they're like almost smack bang through the Old Testament yeah, for me that's right. um, in this particular version. Mm -hmm. um, but just understanding how it all works and how it all comes together and that it's not linear, I think. Yeah. Like um, if we look at uh, Genesis through to um, Deuteronomy, right? The first five books. Yeah. Um, they are not, they are absolutely linear in terms of historically, mm. but they are not the oldest books of the Bible. The oldest book of the Bible is actually Job. Right. It was, That's it's been credited way before the um, first five, which is always interesting because that means that it's a Hebrew story it's a Jewish story that they have grown up with mm. before they had the Genesis account. Yeah. So it even before Genesis, even before we even think about creation, God has been revealing himself to the Israelites, to 
Hebrew yeah. culture to Jews yeah. um, through the story of Job wow. and warning them to not be self-righteous yeah, that's and, right. and warning them that even though they are righteous, I may allow the, the devil to get you yeah. <laughs> or that's at least, right. you know, he won't touch your life, but he might take everything you have. <laughs> um, but don't consider yourself righteous because yeah. you can't, not in this life, yeah. you know? So it's very, um, yeah, you've got to take it as a whole. Um, I think one of the one of the better things you could do if you had the time and the money, um, you can either invest in software, which will do this with you, mm -hmm. or um, go to like uh, what's it called Kurong down in the city mm -hmm. and see if they've got any of the book series where it's just a whole book on Genesis and then right. a whole book on um, you know all the rest of because it's just like you'll get so much more and, and it could be a commentary from you know Zondervan or, or whoever but like the idea being that you will get so much more if you just spend you know days months years in one single book yeah um yeah. and then come back to jesus and i heard something really cool actually uh which was uh if you cannot relate a verse in the bible back to jesus you're not ready to preach on that verse yet. Mm. And I was like, yes! So true. So true. <laughs> you know? Like, if you can't so bring true. it back to Jesus, because yeah. Jesus is the lens in which we look at everything. everything. So yeah. why would you not preach Jesus through mm. Genesis? Or mm. why would you not preach Jesus through Leviticus? Or why would you not preach Jesus through the That's Psalms? Right. You know, it's right. it yeah. all flows that way. Absolutely. Um, I like what you said, that you can't exactly use the new, the new testament without knowing um, the old testament because i think there is this uh sometimes i don't know maybe this romanticism with the new testament um and i don't quite think it's the gospels themselves but it is the the letters especially with paul <laughs> there's massive romanticism with them in in a christianity that's based in that that's kind mm. of not informed by the story, the tradition, yep. um, and the way of life that has actually been, you know, thousands of years into the... Yeah, forget what Jesus right? said, just listen to Paul. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I personally was challenged uh, not too long ago with, with things like how much of Paul can I quote? Not that, he, like he's in the scripture, nothing mm. wrong with it. How much of Paul can I quote versus Jesus? Because for Paul... He was quoting Jesus. Jesus was quoting the Old Testament, you know. And, and so when it comes to how to understand um, the mentality with which Jesus is, is working, um, going back to the Old Testament is kind of actually just doing ourselves a, f a favor so mm. that we go, oh, this is how this makes sense. Um, reading through Proverbs and finding some of the things that Jesus is talking about in there, I'm like, Oh, wow. So it's not just one of those things like, oh, yeah, he seemed to know all those things. No, he's actually studying it. Um, he's spending time yep. in it. Yes, he was there when it was written, but it, he's not sort of going, I know everything. Um, so I'm not going to go back and reread and meditate and and think on, on like he actually is practicing that. Um, yeah. So uh, I... You know, that's, that's, I guess, part of the, 
thing where I, I, I have a little of a pushback with this romantic idea of we only read Paul because he seems nice, he seems encouraging. Um, <laughs> He's really not, though. <laughs> He's so flippant harsh sometimes. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's some points where you're like, oh man, God, I really hope that you do not make me a teacher in your church because there is such a high flipping bar. <laughs> it is. It's, yeah. So, and, and that's the other side, I guess, is that um, the romanticism comes before because maybe we're not quite open eyed when we read and we find a nice place where it's like um, it talks about our identity we've chosen you know he's conformed you to the to the he's conformed you to the image of his son it's like yeah that's really encouraging i'm going to take that um but then maybe forget the part where it goes like there is no condemnation in christ yeah. jesus and he continues because the mind set on the spirit his life um you know, just verses like that that are actually quite challenging, saying, put to death the old self. Hmm. Um, deny yourself. Um, because without that denial, we don't experience the life. Yeah, can't have both uh, in the Absolutely. same believer. Hmm. Um, there was a, something one of my old theology lectures used to say, which was, remember, you've got to take the nail gun out and nail your old self to the cross every now and then. Hmm. Um, because hmm. you you forget that we are meant to take up our cross daily. Yeah. And if you forget one day, then it's probably more than likely you'll forget on the second day. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the week, you've forgotten to take your cross up every, every single day. Mm. And then by the end of the month, you've forgotten as well. So you've got to be really careful and cautious and spend time soaking in the word and understanding that this whole idea is like... And again, I mentioned this last podcast as well, where we were talking about, you know, if we spend our first five minutes on our phone when we wake up and our last five minutes on our phone when we wake up, that'll be what we think about when we go to bed or when we start our day. Um, And uh, I'm going to say something which might annoy some people, but the Bible on your phone does not count. Okay. I, I don't feel like it counts because there are so many other distractions on your phone. Yeah, fine, yeah. But if you put your phone in a drawer somewhere and you leave that room and you go spend time with your God in mm. the Word, in mm. a book, yeah. then you will find it's much more enriching. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to suck for the first bit because we're so used to being on our phones or so used to being on a screen or so used to... Uh, living in a way where everything is instantaneous. And if we can't think of a verse, we don't go searching for it. We pull up a search function and we look for it um, and get something else to do the hard work for us, which doesn't teach us where the verse is. Yes, All it does is give us a verse reference and then we can go, oh, that's the verse I was thinking of. And I've, I've said this before as well, where... I suck at remembering where verses are and I work really hard to find where verses are and spend time looking for them so I don't fall into that trap. Mm. And if I'm in the middle of an argument, of course I'm going to pull out my phone and I'm going to quickly search (laughs) out what I need to. But that's in aid of trying to, um, not so much prove a point, but trying to bring some level of authority to what I'm saying. Mm. Um, And... In, in the word, if we, I, I hopefully want to get to the, ne- the point in the next few years where I don't have to pull out my phone anymore mm. and I, I know where the things yeah, are that I'm looking for yeah. because that makes it so much easier when you can go, 
um, you know, Matthew 17 says this, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, the words of Jesus literally say this and it's here, mm-hmm. you know, rather than going, oh, no, look, I know where that is. I just have to find it. Yeah. And you lose credibility because you lose time, yeah, conversation, flow. you're proving that you don't know the word of God, yeah. which means why are you bringing somebody under correction or That's why right. are you having a conversation That's with right. somebody yeah. in the first place? Yeah. And I mean... Um, for those listening who might sort of go, uh, you know, Jesus never quite specifically referred to a portion of scripture and said, in Deuteronomy, like, Mm. um, you got to put in context the fact that everybody that Jesus is coming across knows at least the first five books by heart. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's so, exactly right. So when he's referring, like they know what what they know mm. what he's talking about when he's referring to that. Yeah. Um, and because they're hereditary Jews, their their schooling in the first twelve years is only Old Testament, only and Old it's Testament. only the first five books. Yeah. And then if they get put under a rabbi and go learn under a rabbi, they learn the prophets and the kings and yeah. and all the rest of it, yeah. and then start getting into wisdom literature when they're older. But the idea being that. They know mm-hmm. because they are hereditary Jews. Yeah. We we don't because we are Gentiles. Yeah. You know, we are filthy, disgusting sinner Gentiles who don't know the word of God and that's why we need it so desperately. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I think that's an extremely good point because when you look at what Jesus does as well, whenever he comes across a Pharisee, mm. um, he will start using the prophets mm. and he'll start using prophetic literature because he knows that they know it. But when he's talking to simpletons, um, for want of a better word, or, or like your standard Jew who might be a fisherman or something like that, he uses the Pentateuch. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really, really yeah. an interesting contrast. Wow. And I'm sure there's some verses um, where he would use prophetic literature as well, talking to um, the more simple people. But I think it's a really interesting contrast to see that as soon as he moves into talking to Pharisees, he swaps his language yeah. and he starts talking about, well, you know, didn't the prophet say this? Like, yeah. What does it say in Isaiah? What does, what does it say over there? Like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I guess the really important today is that Jesus, Jesus, um, though he could, you know, he, he could in so many times, have just said something, being the being the embodied word of God, have said something, it would have happened. He still pointed back to mm. the revealed word of God. And um, you know, we might not have his lineage, we mm. might not have, you know, if you're not a Jew you're listening, um, we might not have all of that background, but that is no excuse yeah. to not get to know um, and to to help our minds get shaped in the way that Jesus' mind yep. was because he said, follow me. And like, that's what it meant. When you follow a rabbi, it's every footstep. Yep. It's how do you think the way you think? Why do you think the way you think? What are you doing? Let me just like absorb it. My life is yours to shape. Yep. Um, I think that's a, a very good point that you bring up. That it, He says, follow me, and that it's not just you know, oh yeah, you know, follow me when you have time or anything like that. It's every footstep. Mm. It is every single little step along the way, everything that he does, yeah. it's, we study that. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. s- you said something interesting just before. You, you said the revealed word of God. Do you want to explain? 
<laughs> we're getting we're getting into it. Um, what was my phraseology? Where did I go? Uh, Jesus as the Jesus referred to the revealed word of God. I think is what, how you put that. Yeah, by that I mean I meant the the written uh, all of that that was that had been written as sure. obviously revealed to uh, revealed to humanity um, and penned down. Sure, um, is what I meant. Okay, so, because obviously there there. You know, when we get into that, then Jesus is the true revealed word of God. Sure. But I meant the penned word of God. So he would say, it is written. And you could actually go and reference sure. that. It is written. Sure. Didn't you know this was? So that's yep. You weren't talking about revealed versus secret will or anything like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. Cool. Uh, revealed versus secret? <laughs> So the, the concept that there are no con contradictions throughout the word of God because it is inerrant mm -hmm. and is the revealed will of God. Mm -hmm. um, so we see not just pieces of the puzzle, but we have a hard time comprehending each piece of the puzzle um, versus God who sees the entire puzzle in its completion mm -hmm. and knows every piece and yeah. understands every piece. Yeah. So the uh, session that I ran two weeks ago now, mm -hmm. uh, which was on, um, we were talking about inerrancy of scripture and all of that sort of thing, but we were also talking about God's attributes and his yeah. incommunicable attributes and his yeah. communicable attributes. And um, one of those is his inerrancy or his uh, immutability or impassibility, yeah. being that God doesn't change and God is not influenced by this world. Mm -hmm. um, and the where it looks like God is being influenced by, say, when Moses reminds him of his long-suffering yeah. towards Israel, yeah. it's not actually God changing his mind and deciding not to wipe the Israelites off the face of the earth. Yeah, that's right. It's God saying, okay, fair enough. I, I, I did plan for you to say this to me anyway. <laughs> I, I should probably keep myself within my own will. Yeah, yeah. But it's the idea that we see and perceive a contradiction yeah. when God is completely outside of time and God has penned everything from the very start to the mm. very finish and knows every little detail and it's um, corrective in that we we can go, okay, yeah. well, God, I'm going to worship this golden calf instead of you. And he says, well, I'll wipe you off the face of the earth. <laughs> and then you say, oh, Lord, uh, remember your long suffering towards us, please. And then he goes, okay, well, I won't wipe you off the face of the earth. Get rid of the golden calf and worship me only. Because there's a lot of that <laughs> happening, yeah, right? There's a, there's a lot of that, that happening. But it's, yeah, uh, when, when we talk about the revealed word of God and the revealed will of God, it's, it's very much culminating in Jesus once again, That's where right. we have Jesus at the center who is not only the culmination of prophecy, but the culmination of the Word of God. He is mm. the uh, Alpha and Omega. Yeah. <laughs> he, is the, he is the central point of everything. And um, I think this is probably a good point to skip into the scope of the Bible yeah, as well. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So the scope of the Bible, um, I've heard a lot of things over many years, um, many short years, I'm only 27, but... Um, many short years. So oh my years! Frank's <laughs> eighty-nine. He's an eighty-nine-year-old man. <laughs> at heart, maybe. Um, <laughs> He's what I meant. Yeah. Um, Revealed as a twenty. 
Let's, let's not step too into soon, heresy. Too soon, yeah. too soon. All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, the the, I, the idea of the scope of Scripture is, it is to reveal God's ever-loving plan of redemption for the Israelites culminating in Jesus and revealing it to gospel through into the Gentiles. Yeah. It's not a manual for life in that it is if you have an addiction to um, pornography or if you have an addiction to drugs or if you have you know um, or if you say want to think about abortion it's not referenced mm. you can't find verses on it mm. you can point to things that allude to it yeah um, drunkenness is absolutely pointed to yeah. but things like um, all things are be- all things are good but not everything is beneficial yeah. that's the verse that I use for drugs because it's like well yeah all things are good but not everything's beneficial man like you need to be careful about what you're consuming and that's mm. not just physically that's mentally but the scope of it is not to give this to somebody and go here live your life this way you will have no trouble mm. because there's a lot of things that it doesn't talk about yeah but there is a huge amount where if you start living this way through Christ and you start conforming yourself to Christ and allow him to transform you through the renewing of your mind so that your desires become his desires, mm. that your heart's desire becomes his heart's desire, mm. when he gives you the desires of your heart, it's not for these worldly trans... Yeah. What, what is it? Um... Worldly, stupid things that are all transient. Yeah. You know, they're all this world. It's that the stuff in our heart becomes his will for people. Um, And the scope of the word is entirely that. That we will be changed and conformed to Jesus, to the Lord, through the word, Mm. so that we understand Mm. all of this. And that we can actually get to the point where we are like, oh, right, so selfishness is not part of the Bible. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's a bit confronting as, as like a, you know, as a human being, because yeah. <laughs> we are all inherently <laughs> selfish, you know? It's like selfishness. Who will save me? Yeah, that's it. Who's going to save me now? Jesus. He's the only one who can. Like, he's the only one who ever could. That's right. Yeah. So, so it's not a manual for life, um, which comes up against the, that must be my garage door, um, which comes up against the, I guess, the look at it, pattern your life after it, let it be, even though there are themes about that, it's not quite, that's not its intention is what you're saying. Yeah, I'd say. Like, you, you're not going in it for advice on how to live your best life. <laughs> right? <laughs> you be careful. <laughs> you will start me on my heresy train, man. Like, um, it's absolutely because, not. Because um, I, like I, I, I get it. Like, I understand when people want to go to the Bible and they want answers for their life i'm yep. having problems so you, you mentioned um addiction to pornography problems with alcohol problems with thinking about whether or not to abort um those kind of challenges so i get it that we would so if i am believing in christ that i would go 
maybe Jesus has some answers. How do I find them? Or there's something written. But it's not mm. necessarily what the Bible is written for. It's, it's not how do I use this stuff to make my life. That's it. Uh, I think uh, a really good point brought up by quite a few people, um, quite a few pastors now, is the whole idea of um, using the Bible as moral example. So using it for courses like Dare to Be a Daniel or, um, <laughs> you know, courses like, uh, you know, when we look at David and Goliath, we always insert ourselves as the David of that story. And yeah. what is your Goliath in your life? And Come on. that's bullcrap. <laughs> like, that is such bullcrap. So you're about to start We are not David. Yeah. We are never going to be David. David is the precursor to Jesus. We are the scared Israelites who are hiding in our tents because we see this thing and go, that is insurmountable. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is the one who comes in, takes over for us, doesn't need our armor and our box that we try and put him in, (laughs) and he kills that thing, chops its head off, and returns victorious. Absolutely. We do not get to put ourselves... As the hero of the Bible. The scope of scripture is not for us to rock up, look at this and go, I can be an Abraham. Mm -hmm. I can be an Isaiah. I can see God. No, you can't. You are not on that level. You will never be on that level. And if you are, you might want to get your head checked. (laughs) It's It's not what we are meant to do with it. And if we rifle through the scripture just looking for moral examples, we will end up in really heretical waters Mm. because we start deifying ourselves. We start raising humanity up to the God level and bringing God down to the humanity level because as soon as we start to pick this apart as moral example and as soon as we start to go oh well as a human i can morally live in a certain way and that will get me into heaven well you might as well believe in purgatory Mm. you might as well believe in praying people up or praying people out of hell you know you might as well start using the catholic system of paying for um paying for concessions and paying for yourself to be in to heaven because it's jesus plus works and in fact, you could probably even take Jesus out of it and you can just say it's it works yeah. because you're not believing the gospel. Yeah. And if you're preaching that, you should really reread your word. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we have to avoid. <laughs> like We do. Man, the, the whole hero theology thing, it's, I think it's interesting how often we teach our children that. Mm. Um, I, I remember, you know, going through um, Sunday school and youth ministry and we constantly i've preached on this back when i didn't understand as much as i did now where it's you know oh you can be um you know a david or you can be daniel in the lion's den it's like no (laughs) you can't like you you're not one of the heroes of scripture yeah simple as that you're a gentile yeah yeah you can never be one of the heroes of scripture if you you even do it you know accurate trying to yeah that's it and because you are a Gentile, you have to understand that Jesus is here for you to pull yourself away from the elementary principles, learn the word, and understand why you need saving. Mm. And, yeah. you know, the, it's not about you inserting yourself into the story mm. unless that insertion is that you are a Gentile. Yeah. And if you're a Jew, you should know this. <laughs> Absolutely. 
But um, and I and I like what you're saying because you um, again you're taking it back to Jesus mm. because um, you know even looking at those two specific stories with Daniel um, David and Goliath Daniel in the in the lion's den is that it's so easy to in our I don't mean it's a health self help culture that all the answers are within us mm. kind of idea to look within. And, and as we look at this story of David, of Daniel, somewhere inside of us, there is a resilience mm. <laughs> yep. that is going, what do we call it, the human spirit. Mm. It's gonna, you're going to overcome some way, somehow, just stick yep. to your guns. That's a saying. It's, it's therapeutic self-help um, crap. <clears throat> and it's the idea that, you know, um, say with any of your word of faith preachers they'll they'll tell you you know um you just need to keep speaking into your life i am well i never (laughs) get sick i i am beautiful i am wealthy and it's like you're not and you won't be the church is marked by its suffering not by its success yeah so really sorry but stop preaching that crap Mm. and stop Mm. telling yourself that crap because we're a massive part of our lives as Christians is preaching to ourselves and understanding that we have to come to this as though we are going to preach this to ourselves. Like yeah. we need to affirm to ourselves what the word says, mm. not, not what the word says about Israel because we're not, yeah. but what the word says about Gentiles mm. and what the word says about God's wrath and what the word says about God's justice, what the word says about God's love, what the word says about Jesus, what Jesus says about Jesus. Yeah. It's it's yeah. all about that. It's not about you can take this verse and you can twist it and you can now have all the money in the world. I, one of the most astounding things I've heard recently came from um, American Gospel Christ Alone where Kenneth Copeland says, um, it says the treasures are stored up in heaven but that doesn't mean we can't access it. It's like a, it's like a bank, and I'm like, no. <laughs> like, she got triggered. Where the hell did you get that from? Like, if you read the Bible, it says nothing about, oh, you know, it, withdrawing. It's, yeah, it, it's got nothing to do with the heaven being like a bank. Mm. And if you treat heaven like a bank, then sure, you might have a good life now, but you've got no hope for no, the next one. Next one, yeah. Like. <laughs> Yeah, mm. like as soon as you try and make a withdrawal, you've spent it. <laughs> <laughs> just... Ain't no interest on in that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I yeah. love that. And 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 I guess um, <clears throat> when you, this is where I guess you know when we read the Bible and we actually take it in the way we allow it, we let it speak the way it is speaking, has spoken. Uh, we kind of see ourselves and the way that God sees us, um, the Gentile who has no hope, you know, the pagans who, without Christ Jesus, and actually that puts the gospel into a diff- mm. under a completely different light because I have no hope. Without God's intervention, yep. there is nothing. Yep. There is nothing. And this great merciful doesn't need us. Why would he... It doesn't make sense, kind of God. He's take he's going out of his way to share himself, to share his goodness, his to share um, yeah. his mercy, to allow us to live. It's a different spin um, yeah. from God's here to make my life. 
Absolutely. Uh, and I think that, that this is a, a really important distinction. God's here to make my life better. I'm sorry, your life is not your own. Yeah, it's not. So if your life is not your own, God's not here to make your life better, man. For sure. <laughs> God's here, to, here for you to understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, and one of the best parts about that is um, there's the story of the, the ten lepers that are healed. Mm. And they didn't even know who Jesus was. Oh, and he still story. healed them. Yeah. And one came back to him. And you're like, okay, well, let's start looking at that in, the, in a wider context and go, well, does God still heal today? I believe yes, yeah. if it's according to his will. Mm-hmm. And... Will he do good things for bad people? Well, we're all bad people, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also, he might do a bunch of good things to get one. Yeah. He's he's not there to get the ten. He's looking for the one, mm. you know. Um, and I'm not referencing the, uh, the leaving the 99 to get the one <laughs> sheep because I feel like that's been a little bit overdone nowadays, especially in, uh, in worship music culture. Um, I, I'm talking like, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just uncomfortably moved on the couch for all those listening at home. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I think that when we get to brass tacks, when we bring it down to the base level, we are, waiting for God to get us. We are not, um, we're not sitting here and going, I'm a good person, I'm going to get to heaven. Mm. And, and as a Christian, if you were test to be a Christian and you think that way, you need to seriously look at your theology and you mm. need to turn and repent because mm. you are not living the way that you are meant to. Yeah. Um, if your entire theology is based around the idea that you are a good person and somehow that merits heaven for you mm. well <laughs> not biblical yeah nah I uh, won't see you there I'm so sorry <laughs> um, but yeah and I think like um, we, one thing to take that I, I can take from my youth ministry days is you know we used to talk about the idea that if you got hit by a bus tomorrow mm. or if you got hit by a car tomorrow if you got suddenly taken out tomorrow yeah. like where would you end up mm. and if you're not taking up your cross daily like we were talking about before and if you're not in the word daily and if you don't know where you are daily and you don't know what you're doing daily and you don't listen to Jesus daily you have some severe problems even minute by minute second by second we should be breathing and living the word of God Mm -hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that you should suddenly stop everything and go to Bible college because I have a massive problem with that like (laughs) you know um, it means that you should just understand and know the word and if you struggle with understanding and knowing the word like i said last time find a mentor find somebody who knows more than you and and work at it with them and allow them to speak into your life Mm. through the word of god and check what they say when it says be like the bereans it's not just talking about what you hear on a sunday Mm. it's talking about anything anybody ever says to you be like the bereans search the scriptures figure it out and if it's not standing up to scripture then you can you know Get rid of that person, you know, for want of a better word. And I don't mean take them out. I mean, like, let them leave your life peacefully. Um, don't use the chainsaw. Don't use the chainsaw or the axes or anything else you might have around or any home. Swords. Just, yeah, just just let them leave. Um, I, I like the idea of uh, letting relationships die a natural death um, where 
yeah, you have some people who are very bouncy socially. They bounce between place to place, people to people, and you know if they have done that, and you're just the the flavor of the week, let it die a natural death. You know, they don't need to be in your life if they are bouncing so hard. Mm. And if you're at the point where you're watching this person and you see them move from group to group to group over a matter of months, you should really be careful about how much you let that person speak into your life. Yeah. And you should be really careful about trying to bring that person under correction because I could probably guarantee that that person is not listening to correction, which is why they are bouncing. Do not give pearl to swine. Yep. So. For lack of better... Words. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. There's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pray for repentance later. Uh... Hey guys, that is the end of that episode. Whether you're listening to episode one, two, or three, I hope that that has not been the only one that you've listened to. So if you have only listened to one of the three episodes, I would encourage you to go back and to listen to the other one so you have a fuller picture of this two-hour conversation. And if you love the Bible, I hope that this has been rich to you. It's been informative. It's been encouraging and challenging um, for you to go back and to look at certain things, maybe the assumptions that you are carrying about the Bible, about what it means, what it says, what Jesus thinks about it, to go back to talk to somebody who knows what they know, who knows what they're talking about, and um, yeah, take it from there. I hope this has been encouraging to you. I'm gonna have Craig come back for future episodes and future conversations. Love talking to Craig and love his perspective on life, on how things are going. So, if you're new, um, welcome and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and to. Um, listen to this i hope you were encouraged if you are returning thank you as well for lending your ear i look forward to releasing more of these to continuing to explore uh, my passion of talking about jesus and how his um, his reality his kingdom his way of thinking his leading is impacting and continues to impact our world and leading us into transformation so stay along for the journey stay along for how this unfolds and um, i really believe there's quite a lot of things that are unfolding inside of our world a lot of people that are being called into greater spaces and places to be able to contribute to the world around and um, i'm looking forward to the changes that that bring into our world aside from that you will be hearing from me in this podcast uh, or in various other things and stuff that i'm getting involved on this has been honest chats with craig I'm your host, JL, and I'll see you very, very, very soon.